Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you are all having a great day so far. I am so pumped and excited to be introducing this week's incredible guest, Ms. Susie Moore. So Susie's a relatively new friend of mine, but we kicked it off pretty immediately, as you'll see on this episode. Uh, but she's a Miami-based life coach and the author of Stop Checking Your Likes, Shake Off the Need for Approval, and Live an Incredible Life. She's been featured everywhere from the Today Show to Forbes to Oprah.com and probably has one of the most infectious personalities I've ever had the privilege of experiencing. Susie comes with a really powerful message that reality is an interpretation and the truth is all up to us. So with that in mind, why wouldn't you do everything in your power to create a life full of freedom and joy? You know, it's one of those things, approval is a really funny thing and I'm going through a bit of a renaissance period myself where I'm letting go of all the things I feel I'm, quote, supposed to be. And I think we all have this opportunity to go through this process at some point in our lives, right? It's what do we truly want versus what are we doing as a result of trying to make someone happy, whether it's our families, our spouses, our kids, our loved ones, our societies, our culture, our religious institutions. And after a while, if you stop paying attention and listening to what's real inside of you, it gets pretty hard to distinguish between who you really are and who others say you should be. And over time, all of this just piles on top of truth. But when you lean into truth and you stop worrying about the world outside of you and you start looking for that joy, that that inner sense of peace and knowing that we all have, we may not be accustomed to it, we may not know how to access it on demand, but we all have this feeling inside of us, this knowing of potential and possibility. And that's really what Susie and I dive into hard this week is how do we lean into that voice inside of us? How do we learn to find that source of love and steadiness from within instead of looking for approval and worthiness without? And I I loved Susie's attitude towards just life in general. She's so inspired to experience joy in every part of her life, and she sees it as her superpower. And the way she described her relationship with joy just made me personally want to aspire more to living joyfully in the moment. And I hope it does that for you too. So we've made all of Susie's show notes available in the links. Go check out her new book. I'm reading it right now, and it is fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. But uh, if you haven't already, also subscribe to us on any of the podcast apps. All that means is every single time we release a new episode, it just arrives straight in your inbox. Take some time with this one. This one was special, and the energy was infectious, and it's inspiring. And it was just refreshing, especially in these times with so much chaos and crisis, and there's so many reasons to get bogged down in negativity. But as Susie mentions on this, on this episode, she believes that negativity is lazy. And it takes a lot more out. It's easy to be negative. It's easy to look at this life around us and say, wow, you know, I just want to be in the dumps. But 
it's a courageous choice to choose joy. And we all have that power. So don't forget just how much power you have to choose a lens of joy, even amidst all the madness. So anyways, guys, I love you all. Hope you guys are staying safe and sane in all of this. But without further ado, here is the brilliant Susie Moore. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all... uh, Staying grounded in these unprecedented times of ups and downs and chaos. Susie, so good to have you here. Raj, I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you for having me today. Oh my gosh, so many back and forths to get this one on the books, but <laughs> we made it. We're very important people, Raj. <laughs> well, I love the, uh, it's, it's interesting because I've always believed that the universe is conspiring in a favor, whether it's in mine or not, I don't know yet, but it's <laughs> conspiring on the greater behalf. Yes. And uh, for us to be chatting right now at this moment, uh, I'm very grateful. Me so too. thank you for being here. Me too. Okay. So I want to start with one. I, I've been diving through your book the last few days and it's peaking a lot of very interesting conversations that I've personally been having with myself and my loved ones Mm -hmm. and in my own journeys and shadow work and trying to figure out how I am the way I am. And I wanted to start with sort of the idea of approval. I would love to just maybe set the stage with where do you think approval comes or the need to feel approved comes from, whether it's on social media or in work or whatever metric of approval we're using to make ourselves feel better, where do you think it originates? I think with approval, first of all, <laughs> the fact that we seek approval, it just in and of itself is a little bit nuts, isn't it? Like when you really think about it and break it down, like who or what is worthy or able to give you something like approval? Because somebody who you think is cool likes you or likes your pictures or says, yeah, you can, you know, you can sit with us or yeah, you can work here. We think that that somehow has an impact directly on our worthiness. And our worthiness is completely fixed, permanent, undeletable, no matter what. So this approval that we're seeking is like this illusion of something. We think that it's real. We think that it's something that makes us better. It gives us uh, more gravitas, more value. It doesn't. It can certainly give us, you know, a cheap feeling of feeling good, you know, temporarily, whatever the approval seeker out there, whoever they are, however much we, you know, we value or revere them, we can place new importance on that. But really our fundamental worthiness is never, like it's, it's, it's not up for question. It just is what it is. Yeah. I think that we can't, it, it, we struggle to accept that sometimes. Yeah. And I think there's a separation between your value as a human being mm-hmm. Right. Like just for you having life and you breathing, you are inherently invaluable, right? Like you are just like, you are so worthy. But then there's the other sort of egoic layer that we tend to create with the beliefs around, you know, what constitutes our worthiness and what creates. And I found that for me, and I think I was reading through the book, this is what made me want to peek this. It comes from our parents, like a lot of it when we're growing up and whether they meant to or not, like children are sponges mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like we, we develop our egocentric identities when we're children, when we're learning how to walk and we don't even come onto this planet with names. We learned our names for, you know, like when you get down to the mini, like the nitty gritty. So like, why is that so important to understand? Mm, yes. It's, I mean, 
It does start early, of course. I mean, it, I think there's there's no avoiding this. And it's certainly not to parenting because we're all just doing our best. I mean, parents certainly are doing their best. And also our parents had parents, right? Nothing started yeah. with them. So we need to give like everybody a break here. First of all, you know, being ourselves. And yeah, it does feel good when when our parents praise us, right? It does feel good when we're loved, when we're being appreciated, when we're being celebrated. I mean, there's, you know, there's no denying that because love is like the dominant human emotion. It's the one that we, when we feel our best, it's all, it's within the bucket of the love emotion. But there has to be a point if we really want to be adults, like fully and take responsibility for our lives, but we have to generate that within us like it has to come from us because if we're going to be at the mercy of other people's opinions you know likes of course comments whatever however we define uh, you know being approved of or uh, or living life right by the definition of whoever we care about it's we're always going to be just at, at the at the mercy of of their fleeting ideas and their fleeting moods yeah. and that's just no way to live that's not how you stay grounded <laughs> and that's not how you find your own inner steadiness and the steadiness comes from us and the good news is is that that is available sometimes we just never realize that that's available because we're too busy chasing the other cheap things the cheap things that aren't even ever based in a solid footing <laughs> so what is <laughs> what is that solid footing right Good. yeah Sorry. it's true i mean it's hell it's almost absurd right sometimes i just have to i have to i have to say this because it's like oh like and just in for the context of keeping it within like the stop checking your likes framework i mean what that little thumbs up that little heart somebody saying yes you can come to this event or you're on the list whatever it is like you think that that increases your value i mean as a human being like it's completely absurd. Like, and mm. I, I joke, I say in the book, I'm like, if aliens came down to earth and they saw, oh, wow, to be a human, they're all completely unique. And they have this temporary, this temporary like life experience on this gorgeous planet with all these other incredibly like diverse, brilliant people. And they're crouched over their little like blue screen, hoping that there's going to be a little heart icon, meaning they can feel good that day. They would leave this planet and they'd be like, we're not going back because those earthlings are weird. we are it's bizarre how we live this way and the good news is like just an awareness of this is like the very first step to like releasing the power of other people over us um and accepting too that just so much of how we feel and what we do how we show up and get what we get to be doing habits within our control yeah it's it's interesting you you mentioned uh, the story right like even likes what are they it's a story I'm I'm rereading uh I'm rereading a book called Sapiens right now. Uh, yeah. You know, in the book he talks about the power of human the reason Homo sapiens have lived so long is because we tie ourselves to stories. Mm-hmm. You know, money is a story, status is a story, your company's six company, the na- the idea of a company is a story. Everything is a story that drives us to think one way or another. And I think what's really empowering about your message is that the stories can generate from a place of power and strength when you stop looking outside and just adopting a story that was given to you and you start to unravel that faulty footing and you lean back into the the truth behind who you are. It's like, what does that truth feel like? Yes, it's it's so true about the stories. And the thing is, we all have one about ourselves. So why not make it a really good one? Like, that's the thing. No one gets to choose that but you. No one gets to choose, like, your thought loops, your repetitive, like, beliefs that you, like, foster and grow. So why not make them thoughts, beliefs, stories that really serve you? Like, make it a good story. Like, make it a good, helpful, healthy belief. Because the truth is that reality is such an interpretation. 
And when I look at people who've even had similar backgrounds to mine, like with dysfunction, with addiction, moving around, living on welfare, et cetera, there is a very negative victim story there. And I'm not attaching myself to that. Like that's not, that's not in my life. It's just not in my vibration at all. And I feel yeah. like, you know, having had, we all have suffering, my kind of particular suffering around like having a, a family with you know, a lot of things that were, you know, quite bizarre, frankly, which I share in the book. Uh, it's, I, I had to create my own different story around that. And what the truth is, is really up to me. But essentially, I feel like the basis of our life, like who we are is like love at our best level. And so to, to allow love then to be the thing that generates your story and to be the thing that drives you forward, makes, helps you make your decisions. And frankly, just shows up for you with self-compassion. I mean, self-compassion is really the only self-help there is. And giving, right. giving yourself grace, right? And giving yourself patience, like being there for yourself, making your inner like button the loudest. This is, I think, where the only truth can be. Well, it's, and I think the foundation of that is acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Like it's, it's the letting go. It's cutting the cord so that the balloon can finally begin to rise on its own. Cause you're right. I mean, at our foundation, we are beings of light and love. And all we want to do is just rise. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I think if you removed all of the insecurities, all the stories, all the, the gunk that we collect collectively as a species, you just let it all go. We're naturally going to beam and, and shine. And, I think there's a there's a beauty to the foundational nature of love. I mean, it's right. it's true. Like in A Course in Miracles, it says like nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists, right? So, and if love is the only real thing, right? And this is a very spiritual conversation, which I love, by the way. Like love is the only- Welcome to the show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but really, it's like our only job then is to remove, like to-, to to do this unlearning, it's like to remove the, like the nonsense and the stuff that isn't yeah. even true. It's like often if someone tells me something that's bad that's happened or something about them, that's bad, there's something bad. I'll just say, you know, really like, is that a fact? And a lot of cases, nothing's, I mean, what's, what's really a fact? I mean, very few things are facts, but if is, you know, I'm getting divorced. That's bad. Is that a fact? Really? Is it, is it a bad thing to get divorced? I lost my job. That's bad. Is that a fact? Like who knows? We don't know yet. We take, we take school too soon. Like we, we, we simply don't know. And it's losing the curiosity, like losing the, like just the, the basis of life being this, you know, always ongoing, everything unfolding uh, process versus like, this is how it is today. And this is good or bad. Let me measure it. Like, let me have an opinion on it versus just kind of allowing, accepting, like you said, and then just like dancing with it all. And frankly, too, not taking it all too seriously. You know, that's, that's actually the key thing, mm -hmm. right? Because in personal development, I think we like to dance in our own crap mm -hmm. a lot. Like when you're going through the work, you're like, I need to find all the things that are wrong with me. <laughs> no. But I think the cherry on top of it, like, <gasps> like really the cherry on top of it is when you can find the mistakes or the, the reasons, the judgments, whatever, and accept it. But then at the end of it, put a cherry on top and just laugh <laughs> because we are human. <laughs> Right. Yes. Like we're human beings for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Like we're not this idea of perfection oh. and where that came from. It, it drives me nuts in some ways mm -hmm. because I've been just finding more and more, the less I let go of this perfect idea of who I'm supposed to be, mm -hmm. the more freedom I have mm -hmm. to actually be of service and be somebody who can love and give and, and act in the best interests of the ones around me. Mm -hmm. 
it's those self shackles i feel like just create this 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 weight that stops us from flying with our hearts and flying with our souls and giving ourselves the permission right like it's it's that it's as simple as that it's giving yourselves the permission and i really loved you when you use the word bad it's like divorce is bad i've been recently playing with the word need like anytime i say that i need to do something it's like a do i really rush no like what do i no, probably not. Like, what do I need to do? I need to breathe. Mm-hmm. I need to eat. Do you even? I need to like, drink who water. knows? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Like, I'm, like I, you can fast for days. Like, I, yeah. I got a buddy who just finished a five-day fast, and I was like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's it's like a thing. But that's that's my point, though. Like, there's so many things happening on autopilot. When we bring it to conscious awareness, that gives us the ability to accept and then laugh. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, you know, it's... It's certainly true. We have such free will. And I almost think that this is a bit of a problem because if we were taught, if we were provided very clear rules on exactly how we should live, and sometimes this is what we think that we've been given, right? We think that this is how you succeed. This is what a good life looks like. This is, none of that's real, right? There are no rules. I mean, if you ever just leave your country, ever, you'll realize that people live differently everywhere all the time. Like there are certainly laws to, you know, to obey, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, they have very little impact over our day to day. Right. So when you think about it, like what really must we do? Like, what is, what is it? And we have such free will. I think it's almost so overwhelming that we choose to be kind of negative and we choose to like reject it. And we say, no, I have to do this. I have to do that because our free will, like this, this free life, which is the basis of our you know, life experience. Maybe it scares us a little bit, the power and control that we have. What does freedom feel like to you? Oh, it's the best feeling, isn't it? I think that freedom is the goal of every other goal. Like, so if we say we want, mm. you know, loads of money or if we want a yacht or if we want to work for ourselves or if we, like whatever it is, it's because we think it will bring us joy. And so much of the basis of, of joy is feeling free because the worst feeling is feeling restricted or contained. Like that's why jail is like the worst place to be, right? You get, you get no agency over yourself. So yeah, I think freedom is like the ultimate emotion and the goal. And we can choose that without having the things lined up that we think that we need. You know, it's really interesting that you said that in the last few months of, of social distancing and quarantine, I've had a lot of time to sort of re-examine things that I thought would bring me joy, mm-hmm. things that I thought were important mm-hmm. and sort of shed the fat, if you would, yeah. and kind of just keep keep what's real and what's true for me. And one of the things I've found is that there were so many things in my life that I looked for happiness, joy, fulfillment, and an idea of freedom from outside of me. Whether it was, hey, when I have this much money in the bank, I'll finally take a break. Or, hey, when I have this much influence, I'll finally slow down. Or, hey, when I do this thing that's outside of me that I actually was never born with, it's this thing that's just there in the ether. I don't even know if it's mine or not yet. It's just out there, but I say I really want it. And I'm going so hard towards this invisible sort of like vision that I have from my life without truly recognizing that. That's not freedom. No. And success is always a moving target. So even if you had that money in the bank or that level of influence that you think now might seem significant, as soon as you get it, you'll be like, oh, but somebody else has way more. So like, right, you will, you'll have about 35 seconds of satisfaction. (laughs) (laughs) And if you, if you want your life to have like maybe only 235 gratifying experiences, if you're a high achiever, 
may as well go to jail, right? That sucks. Wow. <laughs> so that's really sobering in some ways. Yeah. And so what, 235. <laughs> it would be like, I never thought of it that, that way. would like really suck, right? So that's yeah. not the goal. And because of hedonic adaptation, which each minute with hedonic adaptation, it basically means that whatever life experience we have, good or bad, human beings adapt very quickly. And there was this great study about a man who was forced to live in a tree and after three days, he quite liked it. <laughs> and think about it. We've come, like, look how we've changed just so radically in the last 60 days. This would have oh, been gosh. unthinkable, unthinkable no, in January, oh like February. I've been, yeah, unthinkable. But look, look how we've adapted. No one's getting their hair done, nails done, and no one's going out to eat. No one's getting on a plane. And I'm so, we're all so used to it. Like we're, now we have fatigue, like quarantine fatigue, like, but we've adapted, right? Human beings do this. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And on both ends, like, you know, and don't get me wrong, like there's definitely people suffering and they're mm -hmm. going through their own life experience inside of this pandemic, mm -hmm. but that's also the power of sort of leaning into like the, it's, it's, it's remarkable how strong the human spirit is. Yes. Like it really, really, when you go back to free will and freedom and that idea that we are sovereign beings that have choice yes. and we can go out there and, and think and feel our way into evolution that's happened so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, when you really break it down, like there's a reason why human beings have a lot, have been alive for 60,000 years. Mm -hmm. right? There's remarkable. a reason why Homo sapiens, yeah. we're pretty incredible at our core mm -hmm. and we don't give ourselves credit. Mm -hmm. We don't give ourselves anything because, at the, well, we don't live in a time of a lot of struggle, I, relatively compared to history, right? Like, I mean, we're, we're living in the most accessible time, I think, right now in history, which has sort of almost stopped us from needing to tap into that human spirit, that, that potential, that underlying current of just magnificence that exists in our, in our veins. We don't even have to try being awesome. We already are. And it isn't until we're thrown into some sort of a pressure cooker that the best of us and the worst of us tends to rise. Yeah, it's interesting. And so like this pandemic, I find fascinating because, I mean, we're realizing what matters, what's important to us. So much is just kind of brought into focus. We're having a lot more time alone. It's much more quiet. It's not go, 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 go. And I think for a lot of us, this is there's a really big hidden gift in this if we're willing to receive it and pay attention because the world is full of distractions and you can lose yourself. Like it is the easiest, least conspicuous thing in the world to lose yourself, to get lost in the flow of what other people are doing the right way, according to somebody else to just completely abdicate like your, yourself, your, your, your unique being. And in a time like yeah. this, I'm like, wow, there's, this is a really a time to go within. We can't go outside. So you kind of got to go in and you think like what is it i mean I, this one thing that i love to do raj if ever i'm working with somebody if they're like yeah but i don't know like what, what where the approval ends versus my own decisions and and i'll just say well look around at your life right your your career your income your relationship the city you live in the clothes you wear let's get even to that superficial level like everything included in your life like look around and say how much of this was my idea right? We don't know. I mean, I, I say this in the book, I'm like, a friend of mine is a stylist and she tells me that so much of even what women wear or don't wear is unconsciously influenced by their mothers and what their mother said, mm. oh, don't wear ripped jeans. Oh, don't never a short skirt, like whatever it may be. And we still do that. Like in our thirties, forties, like we still like, listen. And so you're like, is this, is this dress my idea? Like it can get to that level of, you know, really just not knowing, like not being conscious.
And I found that rabbit hole to be a very deep one. (laughs) And once you start sliding down it, good luck, because there's no way you're going to be able to climb out until you go through it (laughs) and you start to unravel everything. I mean, I've been on this journey for the last, like really of unraveling sort of all of my beliefs and, and all the things I thought about myself and all the things that I learned from my parents and my culture and everything that sort of ran my day to day experience. And it's still fascinating. And I think I love that you use the word curious. Curiosity, I think, is one of those superpowers that I wish they taught in school. Mm, it's um, magical. And, yeah, because it's not right? judgmental. No. There's no, ju- no bad it, attached or good attached. Just what is. It's just possibility. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an invitation to simply arrive into the present moment with whatever is coming up for you and the gift of being able to be aware. Like, I think that human beings don't even realize how powerful of a gift it is Mm -hmm. to be aware. Oh, yes. And this is why I love examining our beliefs. Like, this is one of my favorite exercises, right? Because often we, if you question your beliefs, you're in like the top 10% of people. Most people never do this. They just say, this is how it is. This is how life is. This is how it is for people like me. Or that's only for people like them. Like, however we measure that or... Yeah, however, we believe that to be true. And I love like flipping beliefs and just like kind of examining them, kind of going deep into them and realizing that like truly almost, almost everything that we think is chosen either consciously or unconsciously. And it just so happens that it's unconscious most of the time because it's inherited and influenced. But when you think about it, I mean, so for example, if somebody says, uh, and beliefs, we look at the limiting ones, right? Because they're the ones that we want to release, right? Because we want our beliefs to serve us. You know, I'd want to say to somebody who says, you know, uh, for example, I want to fall in love, but my parents had a really ugly divorce and I can't trust men or women, right? So in traditional psychology, we have this cause and effect model, right? So parents bad divorce effect is like the, the adult now, was child now adult um, has trust issues, right? And that kind of makes sense. We can go, okay, well, you know, well, you know, that makes sense. That, that feels justified. Yeah. If it were true, if this, were, if this belief were true, that would mean that every single person whose parents had a bad divorce or they had bad role models when, in the romantic field has never been in a happy relationship. That's... Yeah, it's it, the same movie would play. It's like a movie. Yes. If it were true, then you would just take the DVD out, mm-hmm. put it into another machine, and you would just play the same exact movie, but that doesn't happen. Yeah, and it would be that repeat, 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 globally, no exceptions. So I love to yeah. flip this model. So whatever the effect or the result is, just say, okay, you know, being in love, being with somebody very intimately, that's going to require some courage. It's going to require being seen. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to risk rejection. It's going to be frightening. And that's, you know, that's kind of scary. So let's blame your parents, (laughs) right? So we do this all the time unconsciously. It's like, this is how it is because, or this is just how, uh, I I can't start a business. My husband doesn't support me or, uh, you know, I can't do whatever it is. Like I can't scale my business because I don't have the skills, whatever it may be. It's like, that's not the thing. It's never the thing. That's the thing. Like the thing is us. And so I just love, like, it takes courage to do this work though. You have to be willing. Oh. You have to be willing to go there. But once you, once you are, like once you're there, you're like, oh, the good news and the bad news are the same, which is, guess what? It's all up to you. <laughs> well, once you, I, I found that it's not necessarily that people don't want to be brave. Mm-hmm. I think they're afraid. Mm. 
of feeling. Yes. Yes. Oh, and this brings me very nicely to my definition of confidence. I don't think I've shared it with you, but... I don't think you have. No, please. uh, So we define it in many different ways. I think we have a vision of a confident person. Often it's not us. Often we'll think it's like a man on stage somewhere who's like dominating, whatever. I think of Susie. I think of Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Winning. But this is all confidence (laughs) is, right? And in my... uh, And this is why I'm confident, right? Confidence is simple, right? It's not loud. It's not anything that can be defined by a particular skill or a personality type. It is simply this, right? The willingness to experience negative emotion. Think about it and you will not be able, I will, oh, I would love you to find an exception, but there are no exceptions to this that I've ever come across. The willingness to experience negative emotion, meaning a confident person is willing to be criticized, rejected, shut down, not liked, unpopular, whatever it is that human beings will do. As human beings, we will do anything to avoid pain, right? We will leave success on the table, opportunities. We will like have contained small lives if if they don't bring pain. You know, what's interesting as you say that, thinking about like, there's confidence and then there's trust. Mm-hmm. And did you know that the word trust, like confida, the word confidence, Latin means to trust? Really? I did not know that. Well, that makes a lot of sense because I think like to me, confidence is a mixture of, of your own personal ability to, I love that by the way. I think that's very true, but there's another element of just trusting that things are working out. There's a trusting element of like, okay, I can handle whatever's here right now because whatever's out there is not my burden to bear. Mm -hmm. And I can trust that whatever unfolds, whatever comes in my life, I have the ability and I'm willing to look like I don't. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Right. And so like, it's a, there's a, there's a, there's a spiritual nature to confidence, which I think is so gangster. It, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, and it's like, you know, okay. So just say I do the thing that's scary, right? Like whatever it yeah. is, pitch the media, ask somebody out, have a difficult conversation with a friend, like whatever it is that's so scary that most people would avoid, right? That's good news first of all for the confident among us, because it's not that crowded, right? Most people yeah. aren't willing. Uh, but if you are like, if you are willing, okay. This is how we, this is how I break it down. Okay. What's a scary thing? Okay. I'm going to ask somebody out. He might say no, right? I'm going to ask somebody out. I'm going to ask somebody out. Like psych myself up, do it. Whatever the result is, the outcome is not your business. You've done your full confident job when you do the thing, like results aside. And it will just so happen that you get really good results in your life because you simply also do more. Because you realize yeah. that the worst thing that can happen is a negative emotion, which is a feeling and feelings like clouds in the sky are temporary good and bad. And we can all handle a temporary bad feeling. You know, my, uh, my business partner always tells me, Raj, it's not, the result is not your burden to bear. Yes, exactly. But he always says, you know, your it's your burden to bear to be the best you can be leading up to it. But what happens at the end is not your burden to bear. And I think when you find confidence in ability and, and maybe, all right, let me ask you this. Like, cause I'm, I'm actually curious about this particular aspect of like confidence. Like most people don't do their best. And I think that, uh, me, me included in a lot of areas of my life, like there's a lot of tank that I just don't even try to touch. And I, and I go all out in some areas of my life, but others no. But like, why do you think we're so afraid of pushing the upper limit of, of who we are? So I think a couple of things. First of all, it takes some work and sometimes we're just not willing to do it. 
right? <laughs> Sometimes we're just like, I don't, I don't want to, or, you know, I, or, or not right now. And the thing is later is never. So we're, the only thing really is like the, the power is always going to be in the present moment. So I think sometimes we just think we pass it off into the future in a time when we think that there'll be a different version of us, which won't happen unless we do, frankly, more and push ourselves more. But also I think that if we don't go for it, like we don't give it a hundred, then, then we're like the secret, the secret story or the lie that we tell is, oh, well, I'm not really going for it, but if I did, I'd slay it. Yeah, no, it's it's the story. It's the safe safe place of like the what if. Yeah, it's like you know I, you know I didn't even really study, so like my my results are like average. But if I studied, I'd have got like I'd have knocked it out of the park. And so that feels safer than really giving it a hundred and risking the negative emotion of not getting the like the A plus or whatever. So we're just protecting ourselves in a lot of cases. Sometimes it can be sheer laziness, which is frankly allowed, you know, especially in different seasons of your life. But often it's like, well, what if I really go for it? Like success can be scary. And then if you kind of give it everything and you fail, then we think it means something. We then make it mean something. So it's easier not to. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've found that we're not really afraid of failure. We're afraid of people seeing us fail. Oh yeah. That's the only thing. Cause we know right? we can survive. I mean like, yeah. and I can sit here, I'll fail all day inside of a, a closet. Yeah. Like I'll <laughs> sit here, fail, 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 fail. But putting my reputation, my, my acumen, my own personal beliefs, my money on the table out there like that, like that is big and scary when other people see so, it yeah it's true because the thing is yeah as humans we know that we're like we could lose money we could handle a failed business we could handle a failed relationship like whatever it is but we only care about then what the lens of the world is and how we're being judged that's always the thing that scares us the most which is why we need to stop checking our likes right right well i guess that's coming back down to the idea of like what is truth mm-hmm. right like and truth is love in many ways mm-hmm. like when you when you lean into this idea that I trust everything around me unfolding as it is, and I love everything that's coming up in me right now, and I'm not afraid because you can't be afraid and in love or loving at the same time. Like they're, they're not, they're not, they're opposites in some ways. When you truly lean into that, that's how you can just stay grounded, pun intended, but you're, you're, you're grounded in something more peaceful, more, more omnipresent. It's not something that it's not even like an emotion that's swaying. It's just an ever-present idea that I've got this and I'm going to be okay. And there's trust and surrender in that. Yes. And isn't it wonderful? But I mean, how often do we allow ourselves to feel that? Right. It's not often enough. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's like hustle, hustle, unless your eyes are bleeding and doing it wrong. Right. It's like, well, I don't know. And I also don't believe or subscribe to any of that. This is, again, this comes up with our worthiness, our our inability to just accept that we're entitled to good things. It's our birthright to have this abundant, gorgeous, full life, you know, but we think, no, 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 I've really got to prove it, show that it's okay that I take up space, show that I've suffered for my success. And there is not going to be a medal awarded to the most suffered, like, you know, (laughs) it's not going to be like, hey. That's the game we're playing. We need to play a different game. Sometimes sometimes there's like this weird belief that there is. It's like, yeah, but look at me suffer over here. Just look at me. I'm just, you know, I'm just suffering away day to day. Just don't worry about me though. I mean, what, like, what, who's that for? Because that also isn't generous. What's generous is having a really good life. Like having a good life that's however you define success being successful on your own terms is extremely generous because we need real life role models to show us how it's done. And we don't want to see those role models in this constant state of suffering. 
I've replaced the word success with fulfilled. Mm, yeah, good. I I think I'm gone that I've I've gotten there now. Like where I really, to me, success is is the harmonious balance of being and doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're going too far without going deep enough, you are running on thin ice. Mm-hmm. And if you go too deep without going far, then you're just playing in your own shit. <laughs> So like you need to have a balance of healthy stress where you're putting yourself out there, but then also just surrendering and recognizing and falling back in love with this moment, Mm -hmm. right? Like we can create so much expansion when we take our gaze off of the future or take our gaze off of where we came from and we just drop in here now through our breath and allow ourselves to connect with something bigger, something deeper, something profound that has always existed underneath all of the noise, all the beliefs, all the fears, all the insecurities, all the stories. It's just this ever-present ocean of love. That's right. And this is true. Like, when, I like that. <laughs> but when you think about it, this is where we find our own steadiness. It can only come from within us. We can distract, we can be with others. Yeah, we can always you know, be busy doing things. It's great to be busy to create, to produce. But the stillness can only come really from you. You, frankly, sitting in a quiet room alone, right? Really, like there is, the world is there. Like there is a world like within there. And I mean, yes, this is something that, I mean, I, I think that we, we forget we have access to it. And sometimes yes. it's, um, but it's on demand, right? Always. always <laughs> it's on demand. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. Susie on demand. Let me hit that button. It's, Watch my favorite episode. <laughs> on a different, I think like it, it's always that. I think you know. I think we forget, and we're you know focused on like a, you know, a future vision, and that's it's easy to forget. Yeah, and and I think that's what I'm uh, and I'm really appreciating this reminder mm-hmm. right now, and just that we are human. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's easy to forget because live in our minds when you live in a society that's run by our minds really like what we're doing next where we came from everything is just the cycle up here but when you drop out of your mind and into your body and you just stay here you i think you've always you always know like i found that like even fear fear as a response actually is a pretty healthy thing like if you didn't have fear you'd probably be dead fear supported us in the ages of the caveman when a saber-toothed tiger was coming around, when fear showed up in you, that means you could run twice as fast. So there's this powerful adrenaline that comes from these emotions that we then label as good or label as bad. But the labels live up here. And if we just drop in to our bodies in this moment and we get out of our heads, it's okay to feel all of it. Maybe confidence is simply not allowing yourself to be in your head at all times. Mm. Maybe true confidence is just getting out of your head and back into your body, your heart, your instinct, and just that innate knowing that you've got this. I agree with you. And I think that it doesn't have to be this traditional, like sometimes I think, and look, I get it. Like I've, a lot of my friends are high achievers. I coach, like I, I, people are doing, 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 creating. And there's joy in that too, a lot of joy. But I think that sometimes it doesn't have to be this hour long meditation or a specific practice. You can access it while you're waiting for the elevator in seven seconds. Like you can access it when... Talk me through that. Like, okay. I actually feel that if we check in like daily, maybe like 10 times a day in moments, sometimes you can do it. You can give yourself like little triggers, like waiting for an elevator, waiting for a subway when there's a yellow light and you're, you know, wait, you have to pause for a moment. That can be a moment just to take a breath and to come back. To be like, okay, I'm back. 
right, to be in your body. And it doesn't have to be this kind of long process where you sit down and it's quiet and nothing interrupts you. I think, I think for some of us, it's healthier to actually just have these like momentary check-ins throughout the day versus like one hour in the morning. And we all have these like pauses. So instead of like whipping out your phone and checking those likes, right, or whatever it may be, uh, just to breathe for a second. Like just say someone leaves the room or you're, there's a meeting and someone's like two minutes late, right? Put your little check-in and you're back. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's not easy to remember mm-hmm. that we have so much power. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. right? Like, like power is one of those things that we denote to something outside, like back to the outside thing. It's not outside of us. It's I mean, I've really been getting into breath work recently, like, and just like, you know, starting in the morning and like doing deep breaths, like the Wim Hof stuff. And like, I have found that even just if I'm overwhelmed and just taking a deep breath immediately, it's like, all right, I got this. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's fine. You're not there yet. That's not a problem yet. Just sit Yes. (laughs) and just put your feet on the ground. Like still have hands. Like, do I still have hair? (laughs) Am I still like, am I still able? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And it's like this just, it's like a drop in. Yeah. Yes. But that's the thing. Like we just need to remember, like, and that's the thing. No one can say no. No one can take it away. Like it's available. We just need to be intentional. And again, I think think it could be really helpful to have triggers, especially in the beginning. If this is kind of newer to you, just saying every time, maybe every time you like just shut your car door, like you sit in there, you can just take a, like take a breath then. And for like three, mm. everyone can take a minute. And like, you don't even need a full minute. It can be a few seconds. Like everybody has that. I remember I saw uh, Oprah talk. She, she had her vision talk. She was here in Florida. And she said that sometimes people would say, before she started to interview somebody, she would like just put her head in her hands. And she was quiet for like a few seconds and she would just breathe because she wanted to be present for an interview. And she'd, she'd say, everyone would always ask, is Oprah okay? She looks like... <laughs> You know, it's like she's stressed out and she's like, leave me alone. I need a minute. <laughs> and then she'd be like, everyone, even if you've got five kids and two jobs, you're allowed a minute. Yeah. And it, it is available. And it is whatever it can be like a trigger for you. Like anytime you like pour a glass of water or any type, like if there's an app that you use all the time instead of saying, I'm going to breathe before I go back into this app. So it's a fun, easy way to remember. Yeah. And it's, it's the more you practice it, the stronger it gets. Oh yeah. And then you can't right? it it's a muscle. It. Yeah. It's a muscle. It's a muscle that you start to associate with confidence or freedom or that feeling of abundance or just that surrender and trust, whatever word you want to use to describe it. But like, maybe it's a family of emotions right there, but, or love. If you, I love that you called love a family of emotions. Cause I've always uh-huh. felt that in my heart too. Like it's all this one big bucket yeah. like that uh-huh. just i want to squeeze all of it and just put it all over me like it's just great it's just great yeah. <laughs> it's just great let's just take this bucket and just throw it all over it's just amazing yeah. because like at the end of the day i feel like when you just get dipped in love mm-hmm. like washing away mm-hmm. it's generous to other people too sometimes i think the things that require us to take care of ourselves we think oh yeah no like gotta just take care of everybody women especially do this but, you know, when you're taking care of yourself and you're in a good, when you find your steadiness and you're not like just shook by whatever happens, you know, yeah, I mean, you know how everything, there's just stimulus everywhere and we can find offense or problem, like whatever it is. But if you're like, you know, I'm not actually so moved by all of that, then you're like a beacon of light to people who look at you who are like, what is she or he doing? Like, how are they so okay? You know? And the thing is, we're meant to be okay. We're going to be okay. Like, it's all okay. Uh, that's a very generous example. 
Mm, I love tying in generosity with self-care. Yeah, it is. Like when you think about it, if you're like this kind of depleted, resentful person, like, mm, real. Well, one of the things that I've uh, really learned over the past several years is that you can't give without receiving. Mm -hmm. Like it's a pendulum. Yes. Right. So there's the yin and the yang. There's the infinity symbol. Like there's always up and down. Like there's always a spectrum and a duality. And so if you don't practice receiving and receiving, I believe always starts with yourself. Like if you don't learn to just receive permission from yourself, receive love from yourself, like it starts at the foundational level here, but that is equivalent to giving something externally. Like, like it's just an energetic exchange, like the heart behind the gift, whether you're receiving it or giving it, no matter how big or small is still the act of practicing that muscle. And when you can truly receive the idea that you can't actually give without receiving, like it doesn't work that way. And if you give too much without receiving, the energy behind the give starts feeling resentful. Yeah. And excessive giving is also a form of neediness. Like when you think about yeah. it, right, it, it, it actually is. So it's, yeah, it's nature's intelligence. Like you said, it's the back and forth. It's completely dynamic and there can't be one. They can't, you can't have one. They have to coexist. They have to, and, and they do, mm-hmm. and they always have. Mm-hmm. If you look at nature <laughs> in any form, like that's always how, like that's always like the cycles that we see. It's, it's very generous. It's like this, this constant cycle of like give, take, give, take, give, take. And it's perfect. Like it's so perfect. And if we're cutting ourselves off from receiving, we might think that we're giving, but we're not even giving at our potential. Why are you so inspired by this message? Well, my only obsession, really, if I boil it down, my only obsession is joy, right? Like having a, a, I think, you know, what's the purpose of life to enjoy it? Like really. (laughs) And think about what a joyful life then brings. Like what does it mean to have a, to have a, a joyful experience like life experience it's i feel like it's really my only obligation to me for me to maximize fulfill my life with joy and so any way to get there any sincere lasting way to get there is uh, all i care about really and frankly it's my favorite thing to talk about because what like what could be more important and i think that you know our capacity for joy is huge it's our natural state and I feel like it's my work, like uh, my work to be the reminder of that and to be an example of it too. Uh, I think the example and reminder are two and the same, as you mentioned, when you take care of yourself, you become generous and you become the reminder, right? Like you, and you're doing it brilliantly in so many ways. And it's actually one quote that I think I read in your book. I don't know if it was like, what might feel true in an elementary school classroom, it doesn't apply in real life or something like that. Yeah. And I remember when I read that, it brought me back to this idea that I feel like all the parts of ourselves that we don't naturally love Mm -hmm. are just children. Mm -hmm. It's like if we think of ourselves as having these big babies inside of us, they're like these big like children versions of ourselves that are afraid, that are, that are, that have these beliefs that they borrowed or learned, or they maybe made an interpretation of something when they were younger and they made it about themselves like when you take all of that and you and you practice being and arriving into joy, you wash it all away. Mm-hmm. And it's 
<sighs> yeah, it's, I mean, the, the whole thing is, I mean, it's so fascinating. And I think sometimes we have this really funny idea that if we're joyful, it's somehow taking something from somebody else or it's robbing something from somebody else. And there's this kind of funny analogy. It's like, okay, if you're, if you're really happy, right, that means that someone else has to be unhappy. Sometimes you think this about money, right? It's like, if I have a lot of money, that means that someone else doesn't have money. And it's also kind of like saying, well, if I'm really healthy, well, I've been healthy long enough. It's time for me to be sick now so that somebody else can be healthy. <laughs> right? It, it's ridiculous. I swear. Yeah. I keep coming back to the absurd nature of things, like whenever I think about them. Like, so like being joyful, it's can only be maximized, right? There's only giving in this. And sometimes I feel like we think, oh no, it can't be too like can't be too much because somehow like I'm robbing others. But it it works in in the exact opposite way. Yeah. It's, it's such, I, I really wish that this was taught in schools. <laughs> yeah. Like it breaks my heart because a natural child, a child by itself just knows this innately. Mm-hmm. They're not robbing the world of smiling uncontrollably no. and running around and just being energetic beings. Like they're not, they're, they're flying. And then children are taught to behave, stay in line, act a certain way, conform. This isn't good. That isn't bad. And then we're taught to not trust that innateness, right? That that innate joy that just lives in us. Yes. And that's why it's so important to be the example then for anybody. Yeah. If for anybody and the thing is what 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 I know is true is even if there are a million people who are believing something, right? Uh, believing something that isn't a fact that's hurting them or making them suffer, but you know, it's it's on loop for them. One person doesn't have that loop, right? If they if they in a different place, if they're joyful, if they're loving, then that person is stronger than those other people. Like it's mm. so strong. Like it is, and so when we think, oh, well, I'm just one person, Mm-mm. like a joyful, loving, connected person is powerful. And this is how we transform, right? It's by like the energy that we receive, who, like who we have access to, what, like what we pay attention to and to not, to realize that every life is really a platform and to own it, to not question it. Like, again, our ego is when we're questioning, Oh, I know. Is it okay? Is it okay? Someone's better than me. Like our ego is just, you know, can just need, we need to give it like a little loving nudge and remember that the, the, the most generous thing in any situation, if someone's suffering or believing something about themselves, not accessing joy, to then just show them by being it because we do, we can't teach somebody anything, right? We can't really say this is it. And this is exactly how you do it. The best way is just be the example, right? But that, it's like that I'll quote to be the change, right? But you, that you want to see, it's like, this is, it, it's the only way to do it authentically. Well, you become what you practice, mm-hmm. right? Like I found that like, like I'm a very strong believer in the power of gratitude I've been practicing it for years and it's literally changed my physiology. I feel like yeah. I just feel it does, more, yeah. more, more just grateful and in, in all the time. But that's the point. Like it started with just a practice. It started with just me writing down 10 things in the morning that I was grateful for. And 10 things was hard when I first started out. I had to dig and like, you know, you get to the point where you're like, when you get like my mom, my dad, my, my, like my home, my phone, like you're like, when you get past like the surface, then you're like, getting into the meat and it like starts to dig and you start to feel and, and but here's the thing, like when you do it mm-hmm. when you just do it and you practice it, eventually you become it. Like you don't even need to practice it. Like I don't need to practice gratitude. I do practice gratitude, but I don't have to practice it to the, to the same degree that I was when I started out. Like I can just feel 
grateful that I'm having a wonderful conversation with my friend Susie here and I get to feel grateful, right? Like without even needing anything. And I think that's the point. Like Joy, one of my friends, uh, she owns a, a really cool company on like helping people live happier. That's like her, her like her dream like thing. I've loved that she always tells me like happiness is a practice. When you drop it down, like that's like joy at, at the very core level requires a nudge and it requires mm-hmm. ownership and it requires you just stepping into who you are. Yes. Yeah. Because think about it. It's so much easier to be heavy. It's not hard to be cynical, right? It's not hard to be like RuPaul said, I love this. He said, negativity is lazy. Ooh, right? I like that a lot. Yeah, think about it. Any, you think you're being so impressive and original when you're negative? It's like, come on. You know, it takes some work to be Damn. light. Yeah, it takes some focus. So being light optimistic, it's not naive. There is nothing light about it, right, in in a way that should be criticized. It's like it's where the real work is, and it's, it's where wisdom is. Like wisdom is in the joy. Oh, Susie, you're so awesome. <laughs> like, I love that so <laughs> You're much. awesome. <laughs> like i'm like oh man i feel like i could take this another hour um, but i've got i've got so many questions for you um but i'd be remiss not to i mean we've covered so many different concepts mm-hmm. from the book already on this episode but i'd be remiss not to have you at least share a little bit of the backstory mm-hmm. behind the book and and why now mm. i've to write this book forever because I've kind of realized that, you know, over the years, over my own unique experiences, working as a coach, reading all the self-help, consuming it all, I've just really realized that what other people think, say, feel about us, it, it just has way too much of a microphone in our life. And it's how we stay... We, we say suck in a lot of cases because we think it really means something. And we forget to trust ourselves and know that we have this unique, perfect inner guidance that will always give us just the next right move. And that's enough. Like that's enough. This is why we have like these perfect 24 hour days, right? It's like just today, like just today, what is it I need to do? It's enough to only think that far ahead. Your intuition won't give you like this 10 year plan, right? It'll just give you like the next right move because it wants you to keep coming back. Yeah. Keep coming back. Like, let's, let's hang out. Right. Let me, uh, like, let me give you some ideas, you know? So it's like, we have this, it's within us. We do not need to give it away. We don't want to drown it out. And the more you engage it again, fully on demand, it gets louder and louder. And then you become happier and happier when you look around and you realize, yeah, you know, this is actually all my idea. It's my idea because it's my one unique life experience and other people are part of it, but they aren't in it with me. It's only me. And that's a very gorgeous and powerful place to live. That's that was such a I needed to hear that so bad right now. <laughs> like I really needed to hear the intuition and checking in every five minutes because that's you're right. Like the reason why your intuition never tells you what's gonna happen in ten years. It may give you a glimpse, like a vision, yeah. or maybe like a like a photo, like a vivid vision. Or you can but see like, somebody and think that they're inspiring and you go, Oh, right. maybe there's something that's some of me in that. Yeah. Right. Like they're like, you'll see something, but at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's no plan. It's just what feels right right now. And the more you check in, the the more you can feel it. And, and that, that loudness is that it's, it's just that knowing it's the microphone. The megaphone ends up being internal oh, instead yeah. of external. Because there is no right or wrong and, way to live your life. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh man. Susie, you're so good. Um, all right. So stop checking your likes available everywhere right now. Yes. 
All right, guys, if this conversation is any indication of the incredible human being behind the book, then I, I just go get it. I'm actually halfway through it right now, and I'm going to get off this show and go finish it <laughs> because I am grateful. I'm just grateful that human beings like you exist. You um, too, Raj. And- Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I got one last question for you. Yes. In the midst of everything uh, you've been through, everything you're doing and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Uh, oh, good question. I think I've become grounded. So is it, just, it becomes like my net. Uh, I think I stay grounded by having a really good sense of humor. And I, I swear it's almost impossible to offend me. Hmm. That's all. Try me. <laughs> I don't want to. That's the point. That's actually the point. Like, when you have that, like, it's just, I don't even want to. Like, I just want to give you a hug. Oh, so, like, virtual you know, hug. like, yes. virtual hug. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, guys, um, honestly, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. <laughs> I'm your uh, I'm your host Raj. This is your new friend Susie, and from us, stay grounded. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.